all participants will be practicing the social distancing and are communicating from their homes. Please be advised because of this, you may hear background sounds and noises from the respective families. However, we endeavor to bring you quality programming. Thank you. God bless. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Engage 2.0. Welcome back to Engage 2.0. I am your host, Brother Edie, and joining me for today's discussion is Brother Carlin and Sister Delude. And we are in our new series, series number six, Way of Truth. And if you missed our um, last episode last week, we looked at following Jesus. And I will tell you how you can view or listen to those previous episodes right after the prayer. And we are going into Bible baptism today. So join us for this all-important subject. But before we go any further, we're going to ask Sister Delude to lead us into a word of prayer. Sister Delude. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise, we give you all thanks, and we give you all the glory. Forgive us of all our sins, sins that we've knowingly committed, and sins that we didn't realize that we committed. But we realize that all of sin, and we all have fallen short of your, of your glory, O Lord. We ask, O Father, to open up our deepest and darkest understanding as we go into your word. Help us not to be selfish, but help us to share this word with those who who's going, to, going to need it. And help us to motivate each other. Help us continue to walk in your light. Give us much more hunger and thirst rightness for your word. Help us to love you like now before. Help us to never get tired of going to your word. Help us to continue to stay in your word and to study it day and night so that we may, that we may be planted by the rivers of water and help us to bring forth our fruits in our due seasons. Jesus, in my pray. Amen. Amen. For those who are joining us for the first time, we say welcome. And if you would like to uh, listen to our previous episodes, you can go to YouTube, type into the search engine, Heart to Heart Ministry 242 or Heart to Heart 242. And there you will find all of our past content. You can bring yourself up to speed. Also, you can subscribe to our channel, click on the bell icon so you don't miss any more of our future episodes. Also, if you like what you hear, please give it a thumbs up and share it. Most important. Also, if you want to contact us via email, you can do so at Heart to Heart Ministries 242, and there we will be happy to hear from you. Also, you can find us via your favorite podcast, and you can find us using Anchor. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. So, without further ado, we are going into Bible baptism. Baptism is an important Christian ceremony and is proved by the words of Jesus to John the Baptist when John refused to baptize Jesus. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, according to Matthew 3.15. On another occasion, Jesus told Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, according to John 3.5. So with that being said, let us go into our questions. 
question number one. How many correct forms of baptism are there? Let us look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Even though the Bible speaks of only one baptism, yet Christendom is divided as to the method. Some practice sprinkling, others pouring, and still others immersion. So let's go to uh, question number two. Is baptism an essential step in the Christian life? Let us read Acts chapter 2 verse 37 and 38 and then Mark 16, 16. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 37 through 38 it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Okay, so now let us read Mark 16, verse 16. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 16, and it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The thief who repented of his sins while on the cross did not have an opportunity to be baptized. He gave his heart to Christ while dying. He was assured of salvation and will get to heaven without baptism because he did all he could do. Had he accepted Jesus before this and refused baptism, he could not he could not be saved. Read James chapter 4 verse 17. There are some who refer to 1 Corinthians 15:29 and then practice being baptized for a dead person. We must never assume that someone else can perform duties for us and we get the credit. A study of the context reveals Paul was not teaching this custom. I actually have a question. My question is how many times does the Bible says we can be baptized? Well, you would probably find you don't get a uh, an amount. Um, it's based on the it's based on the Holy Spirit pricking your heart. And um, so it's not an amount. Uh, or um, you, you've been baptized once or three times, that's the limit. No, uh, we don't find that teaching or custom in Scripture. But if you feel pricked or, or, or if you feel as if you are guilty for whatever reason, whatever the Holy Spirit will prick your conscience for, then if you feel led to be baptized, and be baptized. That's not something between me and you. That's between you and God. You understand? Amen. So let's go to question number three. How is the Christian to be baptized? Let us go to Colossians 2 verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him 
from the dead. Yeah, I, I struggle with getting onto it with my phone. Um, but I want to say something there. You know, there's two things that came out that flipped my mind as we were speaking. But most of us do realize that a whole denomination was developed on the same thought of baptism. Mm-hmm. And we are known of what they are called the Anabaptists. Mm-hmm. We know through history, and we know that their teaching of sprinkling was a big debate back in the late 16th century. Um, this debate was because they had the, they said it was a false teaching of sprinkling of baptism, and they said there was a way that baptism must be formed. And Romans 6, verse 4 says something, Therefore we are buried him by what? Baptism into death. Mm. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Mm-hmm. So the form of baptism actually represents our death and burial with our Lord and Savior. And this is why Christ says, saying, let's read. And John chapter, I think it's chapter 3, verse 4, he said. And he said that, except we be baptized, we shall not enter the kingdom of God. Yeah, uh, three five. So on three five. Three five. Right. Right. Three five. So all this is to let us know that God have a reason for the way that we are baptized, and the way that, and and John also, if we go back to John the Baptist, John the Baptist said, and it says in Acts chapter eighteen verse twenty, they say this man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being firm in the spirit, he speak and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And that's that's talks dealing with baptism and say that's that one form of baptism but another form of baptism when he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, but my point really is that John was teaching the baptism of repentance. Right. And we already learned that unless the only way that we could be saved in one of the texts that we read earlier, we have to, is through baptism. We right. have to be saved. The only way we can be saved is we be baptized. Right. So well you have to understand, and, and it, it, this is the way of getting the uh, remission of sins, according to Mark chapter 1, verse 4. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remissions of sin. So we acknowledge that we are sinners when we get baptized. So we have to what? Die to self, die to sin, and rise in the newness of the glory of our Lord and Savior. This is what baptism represents. And when she, once we accept that form of baptism, we are now accepting that sin. Hey, we no longer live in our old and the and we're all live in the flesh, but we are now living in the spirit of the Lord our Savior Jesus Christ. You know, something I also want to add to that. Um, what's also important too is the recognition of your sin. See, baptism only cleanses you from the knowledge that you have what you did towards a holy God. That you that you recognize you broke a law. It's not just the fact that you be baptized. No. It's the it's the recognition that I have done something, that I I am that I deserve punishment for that. But once I realize that I've broken a law, Paul said, I have not known lust, lest it was by the law, because it says, Thou shalt not covet. So Paul recognizes that he committed an act, an act against the holy law. When you go to Exodus chapter 32, 33, Moses was told. Um, by God, that whosoever sin against me, him will I brought out of my book. So we sin against God when we break his law. This is why Jesus says you cannot go into the kingdom of God unless you be baptized. Unless you recognize that you committed an act against a holy law, then 
unless the Holy Spirit brings you to the point of repentance. Being baptized is just washing, like it's like you you washing a pig, and then Paul says once the pig is clean, it goes back into the mire or into the or into the mud. So once you recognize that you have done something against the law, this is why John the Baptist was calling, like you mentioned, baptism uh, uh, of repentance because there was something to be repented of. This is why when the Sanhedrin came, he says, "Oh, you vipers!" Who have warned you from the wrath to come? Well, what wrath he was talking about? We find that wrath in um, Revelation chapter 14 as they talk about the wrath of God, which is going to be poured out with a mixture into the cup of his indignation. Okay, so we find that um, he was wondering, why did you come? Did the Holy Spirit bring you? Or are you here of your own accord? And so as we go deeper into this, we will find out that what leads men to repentance, what leads men to baptism, is an acknowledgement of something you had done wrong. Um, as it says here, oh, go ahead. Someone has a point. Yes, uh, I want to add it too. I want to bring in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 2, because it really breaks another point. Because a lot of people don't realize what baptism has another side of it that we sometimes do not talk about. And Hebrews um, chapter 6, verse 2 brings it out. It says, Of the doctrine of baptism, and of laying on of the hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of the eternal judgment. Listen to the last part, the eternal judgment. Mm -hmm. So guess what happens? You are being convicted of your sins, and that means that you have what? Being judged. So guess what you need? You need someone to stand in a place for you. Right. And this is, that's why it is so important for baptism. See, when you are being judged, you need someone to justify you. That's where, this, that's where the doctrine of justification comes in. Jesus justified you on the cross by his death. And then when you die in Christ, you rise and you guess what? You come in a new spirit, a new person, and quicken you by the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord. And guess what? He justifies you. So guess what? That condemnation that was on you by sin is now taken away by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah, and that, that word pardon there, actually, that, that, that word, that, sorry, the word justification there is denoting pardon. This is why it's pardon by faith. Justification by faith. And this is why this is something that you cannot do by works. You cannot work your way out of the punishment for that, for a broken law. Jesus himself has to pardon you. Just like how an earthly judge has to pardon a criminal of the acts that he has done. So, just as God, the Father, the judge, has to make the pardon through the blood of Christ, who has taken upon himself our punishment. And that's what I love. That's, that's, the, that's the awesome thing about it. And this is why Jesus says you must be born again. Just like how he came into the world uh, by water through the womb of Mary and by the, the, the seed of the Spirit, so we must come through the, the, the calling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of water as a symbol, showing that we want to live the type of life Christ lived. See, it's not just in Christ's death. It's also in his life. Because for him to die a perfect death, he had to live a perfect life. And so in this, in this, in this life we live, when we came into the uh, into our from our mother's womb, as 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 the psalmist says, um, I was born and shaped in iniquity, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So we realized we came into this world in a carnal nature, but once we recognize our sinful state, we want a new birth, and this is what baptism Amen. affords. I I guess before you go on, I just want to add on something you said. Just took my mind, and that's when you thought I say. Even though we are baptized, and some people can come up as a clean pig, <laughs> and 
Peter answered that question for you. First Peter chapter 3 verse 21 says, The like figure whereunto even baptized do also now save us, not putting away the filth of the flesh, but answering of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the key is answering to a good conscience of the Lord. Your conscience has been picked by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's why you are being baptized. Now you should demonstrate what is happening inside your conscience. Or openly to let man know that you are now being convicted by your conscience of your guilt. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, let us move on to... Oh, and I, I want to make a point based on Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Because it actually gives us the answer itself. When it talked about how is the Christian to be baptized, or what is the method, and uh, as this as the series is dealing with f um, way of truth, and we looked at the first episode was following Jesus, we saw that Jesus was baptized. He went underwater, right, um, as it represented his death, right. He was buried underground, right, or in a tomb, right, beneath the earth. So here uh, it says in Colossians two twelve, buried buried with him in baptism. Okay, and um, it says, Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. So we, we see the symbol uh, in the text itself. It tells us that to, to go under is to be buried and to be raised as God raised Jesus from the dead. Right? And so that, that is baptism right there in a nutshell. I mean, it's, it's not complicated. There's no sprinkling there. There's no sprinkling of dirt. You, you don't find that. You, know, um, you find that there is a, a baptism by immersion. In fact, the word baptizo means immersion. This is the action of the, the, the Hebrew women when they will wash their clothes. They submerge the clothing underwater. And they call that baptizo. All right? And this is where the term, uh, they understand it, to be buried, to go under. All right. So let's look at question number four. Who is eligible to be baptized? Uh, we have a few texts. Let us look at um, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. We have Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Isaiah 55, 7, and Romans 10, 9 and 10. So I'm going to take the first two. I'm going to look at Romans chapter 28 and verses 19 and 20 and it states go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world amen so here jesus uses the word baptizo right which means to immerse okay to submerge uh, Alright, so this is where um, I don't understand why you have certain religions who would do the opposite of what Christ would say. <laughs> and the only thing I could say is that Satan has to be behind it because if God says immerse, baptizo, submerge, how do you get sprinkling? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just don't get that. The Bible's clear. And if you're following the Bible as it states, if you're following the way of Jesus, if you want to go to heaven, we have to go prescribed by the doctor of faith, which is Jesus Christ. If a doctor gives you a prescription to follow, are you going to do your own thing if it's going to save your life? I think you would want to do what the doctor prescribes if it has life-saving um, properties. 
but Jesus here gives us the way in which we should follow. He was baptized. There should be no reason why we can't be baptized unless like the thief on the cross, it prevents us from actually getting into the water. And Jesus had made a way for those who cannot to be baptized. He had done it for them. And by faith, they can cling like the, the thief on the cross to what Jesus had done. And this is why Jesus paid it all. He paid it all so nobody can say, I do not have the cash spiritually to spend. He had, he had paid it for you. Uh, second text, we can go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, as we read that text earlier. But notice Peter also used the word baptizo, which is to dip, to, immer to immerse, to submerge, right? And so this is the same, the same thing that Jesus said. And so we see that Peter, uh, for those who stylize uh, Peter being the first um, pope, you find that that religion in and of itself does something otherwise. But Peter here recommends what Christ recommend in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 19 and 20, which is immersion, which is to sink under, to, to, to fully submerge underwater. And let's look at um, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon or as we talked about justify. So here we see that this is the same concept as you were talking about as we were alluding to uh, why baptism is important because it once you recognize uh, you have done things against a holy law and against a holy God, you want to make re um, reconciliation. You want to be baptized. You want to forsake sin. And baptism shows not only to the world, um, but to heaven, that you have given up the old life. You've died, as it were, that spiritual death, according to Colossians 2, and you are arisen or arise with Christ in newness of life. And you walk with Christ in the newness of life. Our last text, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. And it says that if thou, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, or the mind, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Go ahead, Brother Colin. I think you had a point. Yes, I am. And so much is coming on that same text as he was reading. And that's where confession came. Confession is how to be done verbally, as it says here. And it demonstrates what's in the heart. And as you read in verse um, 10 of chapter, Romans chapter 10, it says, For the heart, for the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth they confess. Confession is made unto salvation. So mm -hmm. the heart has to be what? Convicted of the sin. Right, right. And then confession comes out. That, um, baptism is a form of confession that was in as indwelling within inside man's heart. And once you are convicted of your sins, you realize your guilt. So what do you do? You fall on your fall on your knees and you ask God for forgiveness on you for sin. So that's where you ask God and that's where repentance comes. Because now you want to turn away from that life and come on our new life in Jesus Christ. But I want to add something else on there. Um, in history, couple we noticed that when this doctrine of baptism came about, men were killed for it. 
and we are playing around with this doctrine. And many people have died at the stake, burned, because of this teaching of, doc of this doctrine of baptism. Because the image of Christ has left the church at that present time and back in the 16th century. And God had to restore the image of his church, of his teaching, or his, his uh, teaching that he had when he was walking on this earth. And he had to bring these present truth in piece by piece. And one of them was baptism. And as these men stand before the diet, they were confessing and showing them from a biblical spirit, from the biblical point of view, using the word Sola Scripture. It's mm. letting people know that the Bible, the Bible alone, right. is the way of um, the man's, man's conscience and authority. And today, we are still trying to walk around that and try to find our own way into salvation. God has laid out certain criteria that we must follow in order for us to be saved. One of those criteria is baptism through immersion and Amen. rising in Him and the new life. Amen. So then, to answer question number four, who is eligible to be baptized? Then is there a person desiring baptism should one be taught, two believe and repent, three forsake his ways or his past life of sin? Since a baby cannot meet these conditions, it is clear infant baptism is not biblical. See, a baby has a baby, a baby can or rate. <laughs> you understand? A, a, a baby, a newborn babe has no ability to say what's on its mind. This is why it cries to get certain responses so that the, the parents can be alerted of the, of the baby's needs. So there, and, and for one, we find no scriptural example of a baby being baptized. None. There is none. And if there is one, please bring it to my attention and I can always be stand to be corrected. But as I've studied this thing, the Bible, there is no text. Okay, because if Christ were to be baptized as a baby, I sure that that would have been done. But it wasn't. In 27 AD, he was anointed or baptized. Okay, so it tells us then that um, such teachings are not of God and not of the teaching of the Bible. Let's go to question number five. What suggests the mode of Christ's baptism? Okay, so let us go to Mark chapter 1 verse 9 to 11. And it states, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Christ was baptized in the Jordan River. He was immersed because the scripture says he came up out of the water. So we know um, he was put underneath and he came up. Okay, and that was immersion. Before you pass that, before we go on to that, something else is happening there. Mm -hmm. And we, I don't want us to over jump that. Remember now that this is also an anointing period. Right. This also represents the sanctuary service. And we like to see that the baptism of Jesus Christ have many meanings. And one of those meanings are the offering of the anointing of Jesus Christ. This, when God said, this is my beloved son and whom I am reverence, this is Jesus Christ being anointed and offered as a sacrifice to behold the Lamb of God. And this was the anointing of Jesus Christ for that, to, to take on the, to be the 
offering or the sacrifice inside the sanctuary service for our sins. And this was the offering period right here, but he's being baptized. Yeah, you are you are correct. Also, it uh, um, it it forfeits him for a priestly ministry um, after his resurrection. This anointing took place um, for many reasons, like you stated, and we know that according to the sanctuary message, uh, the priest had to wash right after the sa and and it's so amazing that it took place prior um, be his crucifixion because we know that the lamb was slain in the outer court. Also, the washing took place in the outer court. So we find that he's fulfilling both uh, the task uh, within the outer court during his earthly ministry in the three and a half years that he spent on earth in his earth, during his earthly ministries. But um, it's just amazing to see that um, scripture is just like right on point, you know. But before we go any further, uh, we're going to take our health tip break here. So let us engage your health. Hello everyone. So we are still experiencing the coronavirus epidemic and so many persons are getting sick and sadly even dying. Some weeks ago, I shared with you some ways to optimize your immune system through having a healthy diet. A healthy diet begins with making smart food and beverage choices. Today, I will share with you some smart grocery shopping strategies so that you can make intelligent food choices to keep you and your family healthy. We are going on a supermarket tour. Now, before you go to the shop, you must plan. You should have your grocery shopping list and your budgeted money for shopping. Let's back it up just a little bit. So, the same way you plan for a trip or some other important event, you should also prepare for your meals. We need at least three meals daily, so we need to give it some serious thoughts and plan well for it. It shouldn't be a hit and miss situation. So, plan your meals for at least two weeks. That way, you will know what you will be eating and therefore what you will need to purchase. So, search your cabinets and your refrigerators to see if you have the ingredients and if not, put them on your shopping list. Always have a budget for your groceries. Decide how much you're going to spend and stick to it as much as possible. Take a calculator with you to help you stay within budget. After you have shopped, head straight home to store your groceries. One more thing, when you are doing your major shopping grocery, when you do your major grocery shopping rather, always shop for the non-perishable foods like rice, flour and grits first. Then you shop for your perishable foods like your produce as your fruits and your veggies, dairy and meat, poultry and fish. Last, so they can remain safe and nice and cool until you get home. Now that we're done with our shopping plan, let's get ready to shop. Let's get a clean basket or trolley. Our aim is to shop for foods and beverages that will really nourish and strengthen our bodies. So we are shopping for real and whole foods. So since this is a quick trip, we gotta stop at the produce section. You can eat freely from this particular group, fruits, vegetables, and herbs. Look for the ones without cuts, wilting, bruises, and rotten spots. Choose a variety of them, especially different colors, to get the nutritional goodness they offer. Half of your grocery cart or trolley should be filled with fresh fruits and vegetables. 
frozen ones are good too. Now, let's go to the refrigerator aisle, which is close by. So when you buy your butter and margarine, you want to choose more plant oils rather than animal fats. Butter is from the animal and oil is from the plants. Read the ingredients list on them to be sure to choose the ones without hydrogenated or, or partially hydrogenated fats. Then you want to check the nutrition facts and choose the ones with the least amount of saturated fats and trans fats. In fact, you want to make sure that those are 0%. When you're buying dairy or non-dairy foods, you want to examine them for freshness. For milk, make sure there's no curdling or there are no lumps in them. Choose soy, almond or any other non-dairy milk more often. Now, let's go to our frozen section nearby. When you are buying your fish, poultry and meats, so on this show, we like to push plant-based. So you can even skip this section. Now, let's go to the green aisles. When you are buying your cereal, rice or pasta, be sure to get as close as you can to nature or natural products. The less product, sorry, the less process, the better. Choose brown rice or wild rice, whole wheat or multigrain pasta. Instead of instant oatmeal, look for the larger flake, slow cooking varieties. When cooking dry cereals, keep it simple. High fiber cereals are the best choice. Buy cereals with at least 3 grams of fiber per serving. Choose the ones that are not colorful or that are laden with sugar. The less sugar, the better, especially when it comes to our immune health. Now, let's get some added from the canned food aisle. Always be stocked for hurricane season. So you know we're still in the hurricane season, so your cabinets should be well stocked. So you want to pay close attention to the sodium content of canned foods. Check your nutrition facts able to locate sodium. Then you want to choose the products that have less than 10% or less of sodium per serving. Make sure your canned foods do not have any dents or rust spots on them. Also make sure that the cans are not swollen or bulging. For canned fruits, choose no added sugar or package in its own juice. Now we're gonna look now we're gonna go to the section with oils, cooking oils. So you want to choose the ones that are extra virgin, unrefined, expeller pressed, or cold pressed. If you don't see any oils with these, with either of these four descriptions, that's extra virgin, unrefined, expeller pressed, or cold pressed, then do not buy them. Olive, peanut, coconut, walnut, sunflower, and safflower are also great choices, but of course we're going to use them in small amounts. Now, let's go and check out the peas and beans. Of course, these are an excellent source of protein and fiber, and they last a long time without spoiling. You want to check the packages to make sure that they are intact, that they're not opened, not tampered or damaged or damaged in any way. Now, let's go to our snack food section. As a general rule, you want to choose snacks that are low in fat, sugar, and salt. Now remember too that snacks are mainly for children, teenagers, pregnant women, and perhaps older adults, so as well as athletes. Now, if you don't fall in those categories, we do need to have snacks. And even of those ones that I call 
in those categories if you don't need it, don't have it. But when you're purchasing your snacks, you want to make sure that they are low in fat, sugar, and salt. If you're buying chips, make sure it's a baked version. If you don't see baked in the package, it means that it was fried. And you want to choose more whole grain crackers than white ones. And also when it comes to the cookies, the plainer, the better. Choose the ones without icings or fillings or other sugar sweetened ingredients added to them. As a general rule, you want to make sure that you shop the, the perimeter of the store to get your, your most nutritious foods. Please do not forget to check the expiration dates on all of your packages. If you use expired foods, they can make you sick. You don't want your money or your nutrients going down the drain. So make sure to always check for your expiration dates. Remember also to plan. Shop smart and go straight home to store your food. Remember, healthy eating is not a destination, but indeed it's a journey. Start small, be consistent, and you will reap great rewards. Stay tuned for more health tips to help you care for your body optimally. May you allow yourself to be transformed by the power of the Trinity as you seek to win spiritual, physical, emotional, social, and mental health. We wish that you prosper in health even as your soul prospers. Hey, you definitely can do it because Christ strengthens you. Welcome back to Engage 2.0. I am your host, Brother Edie. And if you are just joining us, we are talking about um, Bible baptism as we are uh, in the serious way of truth. And thus far, uh, we have learned that baptism is an intricate part of the Christian faith. Now we are going to go into our final four questions and we're going to ask question number six. In what manner did the apostles baptize? We have um, Acts chapter 8 verse 35 to 39 and John 3 23 and it says then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus and as they went on their way they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said see here is water what doth hindered me to be baptized and Philip said if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized them. And that word there, uh, again, is baptizo, which means to immerse, to submerge, uh, as in dipping or to sink something under. So we find, or to bathe, <laughs> so we find that here in the Greek, baptizo is the word used. We find that Jesus used it, Peter used it. So it's not talking about sprinkling yet again. It's talking about going under. Head, body, everything, going under. Let's look at our next text. Uh, that would be in John three twenty-three. And John also was baptized in, what, in one near to Salem, because there was much water there, and they... Him and were it, it's amazing that you find this occurring theme. No, you don't find sprinkling, you don't find any other method than baptism. Let's look at number seven. What is the meaning of baptism? What is the meaning of baptism? Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. 
Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Mm. Now, I, I really want to touch that, but I, I believe our next, our next topic for discussion at God's Willing next Sunday we're going to look at the institution that Christ instituted. And we're going to talk about that on the other side of this topic. So I'm, I'm not going to go into that because that's going to open up a whole can of worms. But uh, suffice to say that here it says that therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead. By the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. So we find that we're covered uh, looking at what would have happened to Christ after his crucifixion. He was buried. And when you get baptized, you you in that same position as he was buried. And when you come up, you're in that same position as when he came up out of the tomb. Question number eight. What does baptism indicate about a person's relation to Christ? We have two texts, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, and Acts 22, 16. It says that, for as, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Mm. Oh, read 28. Right I, I like, read 28. I want to put that in there too. There is neither Greek nor, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither Paul nor Greek. There is neither male nor female. For they are all one in Jesus Christ. Mm. And I, I was just go, put in 29, put in 29 because that caps it off. <laughs> okay, and if, if he be in Christ, then he are what? Abraham seed, see. and he is according to the promise. Mm. So look, right then, then I tell you, say, once you put on Christ, you are Abraham seed. Ah. So that means that if you deny Christ, guess what? You are no longer part of Abraham seed. So, mm -hmm. question is, how? How can we say that we don't believe in Jesus Christ, but yet we are able to see? It's an impossibility. That's what that that's there. That's what Paul is telling you. If you are if you are baptized into the truth, as it is in Jesus, then it doesn't matter what nation you are from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, because he says ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Then he says, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed according to the promise. And we know Abraham Amen. is given the promise not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Amen. You know, um, you stated something pretty earlier, brother. And once you are put on Christ, two things happen. And Jesus said it by himself. He says in John chapter 3, 3, he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, very, very, I send to thee, except the man be born of what? Except a man be born again, he cannot see what the kingdom of God. Verse yeah. 6 of that same chapter says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when you are put on Christ, you, are go, you have to go to Titus, which taxes off and say, Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has he saved us by washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So when you are put on Christ, you are changed. Because yeah. you are no longer an old man. You have now right. died yourself. Right. Self no longer have supreme supremacy over your life. It's now you are led by the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. 
right right your, your past no longer follows you you that it's like when a person dies uh, everything that the person does to, to up until his death is, is forgotten as 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 um, Ecclesiastes says even the memory of him is forgotten so all, all your sins according to Christ is, is forgiven and and forsaken he doesn't bring that up but Satan who's the accuser of the brethren he took he too quick to not let you forget but you have to walk in the newness of Christ and this is why we constantly ask Christ to renew our hearts and renew our minds each day we live we are asking God we should be asking God for a newness okay uh, of, of a, a revelation of him in our lives that we may reflect him to others because um, every day you wake up you wake up from a what a sleep and sleep is synonymous to death in the Bible so every time you go to bed and you wake up you wake up out of death Christ has put his breath back into your lungs and we should rededicate ourselves uh, unto him again and, and just before you go I want to add in a very interesting thought and people think that baptism just started about when Jesus Christ came about but listen what this says here inside first Peter 3 verse 20 says which sometimes was disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a pre preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water mm, deep mm. deep deep so you see see this 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 week this baptism do you think it's just a um over showing you see you can, you earlier we read that the, the conscience this is to awaken your conscience so why does that awaken your conscience the holy spirit pricks your heart when the holy spirit pricks your heart what he does he convicts you of your sins mm. and when you are convicted of your sins that's why the bible said this was a draft of strong teach the baptism of what repentance. repentance why so you can confess your sins unto god once you confess your sins unto god he let you die to sin die to self and guess what? He offered himself in place. That's why the sacrifice had to come in there. That's why the right. sacrifice message is so important. Right. So now Jesus Christ becomes what they want. The anointed one, the minister to save you and cleanse you. So now you're being justified by the cross. And guess what? When you rise in glory, you rise in Jesus Christ as you put on the new robe of righteousness. Amen. Um, let's go to Acts 22, 16. And now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So it, it tells us, as you were just stating, that we are to live in Christ and what he has done and what he will do for us. You know, it says baptism does not wash or make us clean. It is a symbol of, of the blood atonement of Christ. It is a public testimony, like a wedding ceremony, of a previous change of life and linking one's life with Christ. And so, even it's just a symbol, but you are to walk by faith in that which you partake in. So, it, it, it's incumbent upon the person whom the baptism was performed to now accept Christ by faith and to walk in the instructions of the Holy Spirit and this is how um, sanctification takes place once you are justified now sanctification takes place and we talked about um, the the outer court being the death to 
as you were stating, being the death to self, death to the old man, and when you are now into the a holy place now you are in the newness of christ now you are to eat the word of god which represents the table of showbread you are to pray daily as represented by the altar of incense and you are to walk in the light of the truth of the gospel and this is where the um the the light comes in you are to let your light shine you are to let the holy spirit shine through through your life and this is and this is where we find in the holy place and this is sanctification this is something that you do on daily basis and remember that aspect of the of the of the of the of the sanctuary was something done daily this is something you do that um that god may get closer to you and this is the whole point of him um telling moses um make a sanctuary that i might dwell among them this is how christ dwells with us he dwells with us when we partake in the things in which he instructs. Yes, I'm just thinking about sanctification. You know, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 says this, that he might be sanctified and cleansed if with the washing of water by the word. You see, the word of God first pricks your heart to confess your sins. And once the word of God pricks you to confess your sins, he cleanses you. See, this baptisms have a twofold Baptism have so many points, so many ways of reaching you, and so many active parts of it. And one of those parts is the word of God changing your mind, creating a new mind. You that's a form of baptism. That's the sanctification of the word by the water, by the word of God, being used by the water, sanctifying your mind, making you a new creature in Jesus Christ. Yeah, never looked at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> never. People don't. And actually, Ephesians said it. Let me. I can read it again for you, just so you can really listen to what it says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Ephesians says it. And we, you know, the Bible is a self-explanatory word. It doesn't hide it. It's clear. The Bible speaks for itself. And you know, when back in the day, when these people discovered these truth, they stand in front of the diet of word. And they say, they stand for these words. And they will die at the stake. And they said, by the Bible and the Bible only, Shall I live? So that scripture, by faith and faith only shall I live. Mm. And by the word and by the word only. And when they got hold of this word of baptism, these people, the Anabaptists, died for this word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is this is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna look at our final question uh, on this topic. How are believers united in the faith? Um Let's go to First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twelve and thirteen. Oh, okay. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twelve through thirteen, and it says, "For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body." Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Mm. I mean, uh, we talked about it earlier um, when I talked about being in Christ um, through baptism. And I think it was Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 as we read out through 29 that talked about for as many as you that have been baptized into christ have put on christ there is neither jew nor greek there is neither born nor free there is neither male nor female for ye are all one in christ jesus so 
here it tells us then that as Paul puts it here in Galatians 3.27, he stated it again in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and 13. This He's echoing the same sentiment. Um, we are all one in Christ through the methods that Christ employs. And when we deviate from that, then you have to ask yourself a question. Are we truly one in Christ? And you find that there's an ecumenical um, um, standpoint um, that's going on around the world that we all are one. Well, this is not the teaching of the apostles. It's surely not because he's not saying come any which way you want. There's no baptism by sprinkling or baptism by um, however any other method that is being used throughout the world today outside of immersion. He's saying, no, you are all one in the faith of Jesus through this method. And as Christ rightly said, if you come through the gate or if you come through the temple any other way, you are a thief and a robber. And you have to ask yourself a question. Are we truly one? Are we, can we truly be one? Unless we lay down that faith which makes us distinct. That means we have to deny our faith deny what we believe is true and take up falsehood and stand side by side with brother and sister and say i know this is not what i what i believe but for the sake of unity hmm? for the sake of unity i will i will disregard that which is true because this is what this is stating paul is saying this is truth and it's re-echoed and echoed and echoed again and yet you have many different faiths coming together on this kumbaya movement that we are all one that's not what the bible teaches. i want us to be all one i would wish that wholeheartedly but the bible makes a very very important um point clear can two walk together unless they be agreed and if and if we are to walk with christ then we are to follow christ's methods christ teachings because i want to be one with jesus i want to be one with the father and if this is the way in which they say walking in it this is the way we ought to walk you see, Brother Edie, you see what's happening is right now in our society is that most people are not walking in the Word of God. They are not being washed or sanctified by the Word of God. Ah. If they were sanctified by the Word of God, they would be in the doctrine of the Bible. You see, mm. when, these, when these doctrines or when these truths or when these present truths were coming about, they were coming up without because men have stopped studying. And you have all these other denominations, you have all these other beliefs because they study so far and then they stop. And that is the challenge that we have. That's why God had to curate, keep raising up another church, raise up another belief, raise up. Because every time one gets there so far, they get stopped right there, they don't want to go any further. And it keeps the point out, these, we have one, when you believe in Christ Jesus Christ and you are the body of Jesus Christ, you follow the Bible to the letter, to the letter at the T. You dot area eyes, you cross your teeth. There's nothing you left down. You stay to the whole word of God. And once you stay with the whole word of God, he will guide you into all truth. Not partial truth, not some truth, but all truth. And that's what makes up the body of Christ. Everything else is not of the body of Christ. Anybody else who teaches that, and they say that they believe in the Bible, and they does not hold up to the principle of the Bible, are a liar. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, because that's what clearly here Jesus taught. Clearly with Peter, Paul, and the apostles taught, Philip, we find it over and over and over again. And, and I mean, it's sad, you know, that we all believe that we could have this unity without Christ. And this is what Paul is saying here in Galatians 3, 20, 27 to 29. You, you cannot be one with Christ going about your own methods. 
It's not going to work. It's like you trying to build a bridge and missing out key important parts of the construction of the bridge. Do you expect the bridge to be strong and stable? No, it's not going to. Who's going to want to cross that thing? Just same thing with our faith. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. They often the they often the they often the often of skin. I like to say that because they trying to offer a bloodless sacrifice. Mm. And when you see people are finding back doors into heaven, that means they have some things in their life that they don't want to give up. Trying to find a back door into heaven. You when you heard if you study the history of some of these um, Christian faith. There was some of them were still, even though they believe in solo scripture and those etc. Some of them were still drinking rum. Mm. Some of them were still struggling with other things. I'm not saying that we are perfect, but no. when you have the doctrine of Christ and are you standing on the doctrine of Jesus Christ, there's no partiality on it. There's no no, no um, shortcuts. No. There's no back doors. No. It's the Bible and the Bible in its entirety. Yeah. You cannot find any excuse you cannot use anything else don't put human into god's belief because the bible is not the human cannot be with the bible believe mm. the doctrine is straight the bible of god stands on its own ground not right. on human's ideology yeah you know and it's important to note that this is not our plan this is this is not our words this is clearly we're reading it straight from the bible we're reading it straight out of the mouth out of the word of god and and it has several witnesses you know, the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. This is just truth. It is established on not, what, not only what Christ said, but what he did. You understand? He led by example. He led by example. He himself was immersed in water. You understand? And it's one thing for him to say it, but he actually did it. And he reiterated. So it's like, you know, how can we find any other methods, any other ways, other than what Christ prescribed? And, and this is where we have to check and ask ourselves, Help us, Lord, to walk in your way that we will not be disregarded. In conclusion, when the truth about baptism is understood, then the question put to Saul, who later became Paul by Ananias, should be acted upon. And now why tarries thou arise and be baptized? Acts chapter 22, 16. God will be honored by prompt obedience. The path into the waters of baptism has been trod by Jesus. He will be with us as we follow. We want to close with a word of prayer. And now uh, we will be back to wrap it up. Brother Colin. Then, Father, we trust in your word. We trust that which you teach us or with the example that you have given to us will be the only source of our salvation. Let us not put our own thoughts in our own mind in the way that God has not taught us. Let us believe. Let us reach someone with the truth that they may believe and that they be corrected of Jesus Christ. That He is the only source, the only way that we can obtain from salvation. As we depart from one another, God, keep us safe. Remember this panel. And keep us safe that we can come back here again, that we can talk and discuss among ourselves, and hopefully with someone else who is listening in here by the Spirit of God, that they themselves might be convicted of God's truth. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
glory win His wonderful power in the blood There is power, power, wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power In the precious blood of the Lamb Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood to know that we are praying for you we pray that you continue to join us for these podcasts and that you go back and search for yourself the things that are discussed on the program it is not our words uh, we just implore you to study to show yourself approval 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 if you want to view our past episodes you can go to our YouTube channel type into the search engine heart to heart 242 there you find all of our past content we ask that you subscribe and also Click the bell icon so you don't miss any more of our future uploads. Also, if you like the content, please give it a thumbs up and share it if you believe it. Also, you can contact us by email at hearttoheartministry242 at gmail.com. There, we will be happy to hear from you. Also, you can find us on your favorite podcast station. You can use Anchor to find us. Also, we are on Facebook and Twitter. So, for myself, for the Edie, and for the panel, Until next time we say, Maranatha.